0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Barat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu.
1: Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Monday, October 30th. More affordable housing could soon be built across the state. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. A freshman quarterback is suing USD, accusing his football teammates of hazing and sexual assault. AJ Pettis had just transferred to USD in August when he says he was forced to take part in two hazing incidents led by upperclassmen players and involving pornography and nudity. The university is conducting an internal investigation and its president has promised that players found responsible for violating school policy will face disciplinary action. Head coach Brandon Moore says he reported the incidents to school administration as soon as quarterback Bettis told him in August. Pettis has left the school pending the outcome of his lawsuit. It's going to be another windy day today. A wind advisory is now in effect in the county's valley and mountain areas through 5 p.m. on Wednesday. The National Weather Service says gusts could reach up to 50 miles per hour. Today's temperatures in the inland areas will be in the mid-80s. In the deserts, it'll be in the low 80s. It'll be in the low 60s in the mountain areas and by the coast in the high 60s. And if you're planning to go trick-or-treating tomorrow afternoon, the weather is expected to be similar to today. A new entrance for Terminal 1 is now open for passengers heading to the San Diego International Airport. Airport spokesperson Nicole Hall spoke to KPBS at the airport and says it will help move along the greater construction efforts for Terminal 1.
2: The old road went actually through the center of where the construction of the new parking plaza, which is right here, will be for the new terminal. And that parking plaza is going to be a five-level parking plaza. It will offer 5,200 spaces and it will open in 2024.
1: Paul says the new entrance is a long-term solution and will eventually be further extended. The first phase of the new Terminal 1 building is scheduled to open in late summer 2025 with 19 gates. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash OLLI.
1: A new law will pave the way for more affordable housing across California. South Bay reporter Corey Suzuki
3: says the law has San Diego roots. The new law, signed by the governor this month, will lay the groundwork for developers across the state to build more affordable housing. AB 1449 was co-authored by Assemblymember David Alvarez, who represents South San Diego County.
0: We are trying to support cities that want to do the right thing, that want to build the affordable housing, that want to do it quickly, that want to do it cheaper, and this law would help them do that.
3: The new law does this by opening a gap in CEQA, the California Environmental Quality Act. CEQA gives individual people the power to challenge development projects in court. Alvarez's new law creates an exception in CEQA for certain types of affordable housing, allowing these projects to move forward without legal challenges. There hasn't been much pushback. The only opposition was a labor group that said it should include stronger protections for workers. City planning professor Valerie Stahl says this new law is part of a growing effort to build new homes faster all over the state.
4: There have already been sort of a few exemptions to CEQA, including in instances of affordable housing development. But what AB 1449 does is sort of universally expand that.
3: Stahl says that no one bill is going to fix all of our housing problems. Still, she does see this new law as a step in the right direction. Corey Suzuki, KPBS News.
1: A new national mammogram study is looking to recruit more Black women who are more likely to die from breast cancer than white women. Reporter Katie Heisen spoke with a San Diego oncologist who says that can be changed. Breast cancer outcomes are
5: improving for everyone, but they're improving much slower for Black women, says breast oncologist Angelique Richardson. That's the most alarming thing. We're seeing improvements. We're just not seeing it in all groups. Richardson says the medical community used to think that was largely genetics, but research shows it's more about unequal healthcare access. She says Black women tend to live farther from large cancer centers. I have some patients that drive four hours to come to clinic. They typically lack health insurance that covers transportation or childcare, And many Black women, who research shows are more often primary breadwinners, can't take off work. So they delay treatment or get it less frequently. But... When access is equalized, like in a breast cancer clinical trial Richardson oversees, that mortality difference goes away, she says. She urges providers to listen to Black patients. I've had a lot of young women say, I felt this and someone told me it wasn't anything and, and to just wait on it and they've come back and it's been very aggressive cancer later. That has happened fairly often in my Black women. They've just not been really listened to. Richardson says she knows from personal experience how hard it can be to advocate for yourself as a Black woman. Katie Heisen, KPBS News.
1: The future of Tri-City Medical Center has been unclear since the hospital suspended its labor and delivery unit earlier this year. It began a search for a willing partner that could help strengthen the facility. North County reporter Tanya Thorne says the choice wasn't easy, but secures patient care.
4: Both UC San Diego Health and Sharp Healthcare offered proposals. We are so thrilled and excited for the opportunity to partner with the uh, Tri-City District and with the um, leadership team and the medical staff and the the staff and the community. Patty Mason is the CEO of UC San Diego Health, the final choice for Tri-City's board members. A big factor in UCSD's plan was bringing back the suspended labor and delivery unit that Mason said is priority for many. While it's a priority, details of the partnership still need to be worked out, and that could take until next March. UCSD Health plans on investing $170 million the first two years of the partnership. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News.
1: In the past several years, San Diego has managed to slash greenhouse gas emissions from electricity. But despite that progress, the city's carbon footprint actually increased slightly in 2021. Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says that's due to the city's biggest source of pollution, cars.
4: It would be great if there's a little bit more protection from these cars that are going really fast.
6: I'm walking with Karina Contreras on the main pedestrian route to the Grantville Trolley Station. Contreras is a policy advocate for the nonprofit Climate Action Campaign. The trolley could be a major asset to the community of Grantville, but the journey to get there isn't easy or pleasant. It's a long and indirect walk, there's no shade, and it's right next to the deafening I-8 freeway.
4: Yeah, noise is one of those things that can really destroy your peace of mind.
6: Grantville is a neighborhood that is rapidly densifying with new apartment buildings. Given how inaccessible the trolley is, it's not hard to understand why most of the new residents are dependent on their cars. And that translates to more traffic and greenhouse gas emissions.
4: We could be making tremendous advances in renewable energy and reducing our greenhouse gas emissions from that sector. But if everybody is forced to drive because transit stations like this aren't well connected to the neighborhoods around it, of course our GHG emissions are going to keep going up.
6: In fact, San Diego has been making big progress on renewable energy. Emissions from electricity fell by an impressive 27 percent in 2021, the most recent year with available data. But 2021 also saw more cars on the road as COVID restrictions eased. And that effectively canceled out the year's progress on renewable energy. Those findings were buried in the appendices of a climate monitoring report the city quietly released in March.
2: It does need to trend downward. It has to. Um, But policies don't manifest immediately.
6: Alyssa Muto is San Diego's director of sustainability and mobility. She says many of the city's climate policies, like allowing more dense housing in neighborhoods that are already less car dependent, will take years to translate to lower emissions. And she says the year-to-year fluctuations aren't as important as the long-term trend toward the city's goal of net zero emissions by 2035.
2: It doesn't matter the baseline of where we start. We just know we need to get to this zero number.
6: One of the latest efforts the city is taking to reduce emissions from transportation is the Mobility Master Plan. Muto says the city analyzed a host of data sources to identify projects and policies that will increase mobility while reducing emissions.
2: We were able to identify a list of over 200 projects that if the city invests in those more near-term, will help provide more options that are safe and sustainable for our residents and, and visitors and businesses alike.
6: But something the city's mobility master plan doesn't do is identify projects that will increase emissions. And there's one such project in Grantville. I'm here on Fairmount Avenue in Grantville. It's sort of the gateway to the neighborhood and it is chronically congested. Now, city traffic engineers are responding with a plan to widen the roads in this area to accommodate more cars. That'll cost taxpayers $40 million. But get this, by the city's own estimates, best case scenario, the wider roads will save drivers 22 seconds.
4: And when we commit to a multimodal type of transportation system, we are enhancing street level safety. And that's what people want.
6: Karina Contreras is unimpressed by the city's mobility master plan. She says it's good the city is paying attention to equity and trying to improve mobility infrastructure in low-income communities first. But the city still doesn't have a detailed plan for how to fully decarbonize its transportation system. And time is running out.
4: So every year that you're not advancing towards achieving those goals, you are falling further and further behind, right? All of a sudden, You have this A-plus vision and you're kind of operating at a D-minus level.
6: Andrew Bowen, KPBS News.
1: Coming up, the next stop on our KPBS public art tour takes us to Imperial Beach. We learn about two sculptures,
7: both inspired by the city's surf culture. In the old days, with the longboards, when the surfers would get out of the water, They would dig a little hole and stick the boards down in the hole and then mound it up.
1: We'll have that story and more just after the break.
0: KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, Healthcare and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu.
1: $1.3 billion, that's how much the San Diego County Arts Organizations contributed to the local economy, as according to a new study. North County reporter Alexander Wynn speaks with one of those organizations in Carlsbad.
6: Up and down Carlsbad Village, there are shops and eateries everywhere. In the middle of that is New Village Arts, a mid theater company that attracts more than 30,000 people each year. Christiane Kerners is the founder and executive director of the company. She thinks it's fantastic that this year's Arts and Economic Prosperity Report included the economic impact of BIPOC organizations. BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous and People of Color.
5: We can make the, the argument of why it's so important from a cultural standpoint, but when you can also show that it's just as financially important, I think that is so important to our community and to the health of our community.
6: According to Kerner, the study also shows the company provides $2.6 million in economic impact to San Diego North County every year. Alex Wynn, KPPS News.
1: Speaking of public art, our next story highlights public art in Imperial Beach. Local artists told reporter Gustavo Solis that they were inspired by the city's surf culture.
7: My name is Malcolm Jones. And you are? A sculptor who lives in IB. Malcolm Jones is being modest
8: here. He isn't just any sculptor who lives in Imperial Beach. He's the artist behind Surfhenge, one of the most iconic public art pieces in the South Bay. The piece is loosely modeled after Stonehenge and depicts colorful, giant surfboards right in front of the I.B. pier.
7: The idea was that in the old days with the longboards, when the surfers would get out of the water, they would dig a little hole and stick the boards down in the hole and then mound it up so the board was straight up in the air. And that was so the wax wouldn't melt or get sand in it. They would stay in groups typically and they would put their, their surfboards in slightly different positions depending on where the sun was when they decided to lay down on the beach.
8: Surf Henge is one of two major public art pieces built in the late 90s. The Port of San Diego commissioned the pieces in Imperial Beach to change public perception. Back then, the city was known more for drug dealers and biker gangs than public art.
9: 25, 30 years ago, IB had a really bad reputation. Uh, When my wife and I were thinking about moving here, people asked us, why would you do that? My name is David Frank. I'm uh, the executive director of Imperial Beach Arts Bureau. The reason we're here is to promote Imperial Beach and the public art scene We really want IB to be known as a public arts destination.
8: Today, Imperial Beach is decorated with dozens of murals. The IB Arts Bureau even has an interactive map online where visitors can find every single piece of public art. Fink says that the start of that movement was Surfhenge and IB's second iconic art installation.
9: And and then the spirit of IB, recognizing the surfing culture and uh, Dempsey Holder, who was so instrumental in starting the uh, the, the surf culture that happened here in the 50s and 60s.
8: The spirit of Imperial Beach shows an absolutely ripped surfer posing heroically next to a giant longboard. The surfer's face is modeled after local legend Dempsey Holder, but his body is inspired by Arnold Schwarzenegger. A port commissioner at the time thought surfers were too puny and asked the sculptor to beef them up a little bit. The base of the metal statue is a sandcastle, an homage to the city's annual sandcastle building contest.
9: So between those two sculptures, those are probably the most photographed pieces that we've got in an NIB, and uh, we're very
8: proud of them. The sculptor, A. Waisel, passed away before the piece was installed. Waisel and Jones worked on their two iconic projects together, both with the same goal of changing public perceptions.
7: The city was looking for an identity and a way to get people to know them. They came off what I call the the pirate era, where the town was kind of lawless, and they fastened on historic surfing. And it was was something that they had to offer, um, and this is a tribute to historic surfers who were down here braving these crazy waves.
8: Dempsey Holder was a local lifeguard who put Imperial Beach on the map. He encouraged other surfers to ride the massive waves at the mouth of the Tijuana River. Pro surfers would use those waves to train for big wave contests out in Hawaii.
7: They were riding waves as tall as 20, 25 feet with these wooden boards, that weighed like 90 pounds. They didn't have any wetsuits. The good waves were in the wintertime and they were famous around here.
8: Unfortunately, today cross-border sewage keeps most surfers away from that once famous break. But there are still a few dedicated surfers who paddle out during the big winter swells. And even though cross-border sewage continues to close the Imperial Beach coastline, the two public art pieces remain a source of inspiration. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News.
1: Longtime San Diego artist Robert Irwin died last week. He was 95. Irwin was known worldwide as a leader of the light and space movement in contemporary art. Arts producer Julia Dixon-Evans has more.
2: Robert Irwin changed the way people look at art.
1: It's about perception. It's about
4: getting you to tune in to your place and the environment around you.
2: Catherine Canjo is director and CEO of the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego. She said Irwin's legacy is significant in art worldwide, but especially here. His most famous work in San Diego is one degree, two degrees, three degrees, four degrees, which features three square holes cut directly through the museum's windows. In an interview with KPBS in 2007, Irwin said he wanted to lean into the idea that what people may see at the window is as good as any art.
3: When I stopped being a studio artist, I was very interested in the idea of dealing with spaces, but I didn't want to objectify them. I didn't want to put things in them. I wanted you to deal with the, the quality of the space itself.
2: One San Diego gallery owner called Robert Irwin a philosopher's artist who was concerned with the idea of looking, seeing, and beauty. Julia Dixon-Evans, KPBS News.
1: That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening, and have a great Monday.